Welcome in, welcome in to a summer edition of the Attaway Podcast brought to you by LSPN. And I'm joined by my good friend, Nick, Nick Sunball. Sunball. Why don't you why don't you say something to the people, Nick? Alright, it's been a long time since we recorded. Um we are the still the busiest minute feel you, which prevented us from recording. But we're back. Back for another great episode to keep you updated on what happened at the end of the winter and what happened in spring. Exactly. So if we could just you know, have a roadmap for how this episode's gonna go, we're gonna cap off the winter sports. Then we're gonna dive in to spring and talk about how the spring sports did. And then at the very end of the podcast, we're going to give our plans for next year. We're not going anywhere. We have a roadmap for what we would like to do next fall. Um, so just to be ready, to be excited, because we are not going anywhere. The busiest minute PLU. Yes, we took a, a quick hi- hiatus, but we are coming back and we will be better than ever. Exactly. So, Yes. Back into it. Yes. So just just to kick things off, to cap off uh, the winter sports, we're going to talk about men's basketball first. And we were very disappointed. Uh, one of the, during one of the very first episodes of this podcast, we talked about, or I talked about, how I fully believed the men's team was going to steal one of the games against Whitworth or Whitman. Yeah, you and made I a hot fully, take that we were going to beat I, one of them. I made a hot take, and I fully believed that we were going to do it, especially against that that in that Whitworth game because we had legitimate chances to win the game, but unfortunately, we dropped both. Uh, to Whitman, it was it was pretty. Uh, I don't. It, it was pretty decisive. Or Whitman handled the loots pretty, pretty. I mean, they just handled us. But in the Whitworth game, it was competitive. I really thought we were going to win, and I thought we had some great performances, especially by Jordan Thomas in particular. He really brought it that game. But great friend we of the just, show. A great friend of the show. Um, but we just we didn't have it that weekend. And as a result, our season ended but i think that we have a lot of good things to build on and and hopefully we'll have a better season next do you have some things you want to say about men's basketball nick yeah um this is a very young team we had a ton of new people coming in and i thought this was a very good season for us considering the circumstances absolutely i'm pretty pleased with our performance and looking forward to next year absolutely I I know that we have Zach Webb, who will be leaving. He will be yeah. graduating, and I'm not sure. I've heard some rumblings about other players that might not be returning for next year for whatever reason. <laughs> I yeah. I I don't want to bring it up because it is purely speculation. But we we could be seeing a very different team. But I really hope we see a lot of returners so that we can build upon uh, the foundation that that we made this year because I definitely think that there's a lot of improvements that can be made. But regardless, the boys finished with an overall record of eight and 16, which unfortunately that that's not, that's not what we expected here at the Attaway podcast. 
but we're looking ahead to the future and really hoping for a strong next season for the boys. Even though our final record wasn't great, I thought we saw a lot of great improvement from these younger people. We did. We, we saw a lot of improvement. A lot of games were closer than they appeared on the scoreboard, especially uh, the the Whitworth game where the final score was 76 to 65. We were in the game the entire time. Yeah. Uh, but they it, it got away from us at the end because if I remember correctly, it was it was a three point game with about a minute left. We gave the ball away a couple of times, and if you make a play at, at that crucial point of the game, it could have been a different story. But uh, we're not here to play what if. We're here to tell you what really happened. And what really happened was not what we predicted, unfortunately. But we are coming for them. And I, I'm just saying, Whitworth is going to be very, very vulnerable next year. They're going to be very vulnerable. Whitworth in, in particular. I think Whitman is also because they had a lot of people graduating. But Whitworth has a lot of uh, their two main players graduating. And we're going to make a run at them again next year. And... I fully believe we're going to take him. But that's a conversation for a later time. That's a conversation for a later time. Let's let's quickly talk about women's basketball. Nick, what do you have to say about women's basketball? Um, This is a pretty good year, especially considering, uh, if you recall, our past few years, we were very bad. And this year, we actually had a winning record. We finished 14-10. and 10. It was amazing. Um, we thought we were going to make playoffs. We unfortunately fell just short. But... That was still a great season overall. It was a great season. Definitely some foundations uh, to build upon. I I just go back again to the weekend against Whitworth and Whitman. And in yeah. order to make it to the playoffs, we needed to win one of those games. Yeah, and we fell and just short of winning felt, that Whitworth game, which was very unfortunate. We only lost yes. by three. The score was 71-74. God, yes. I remember that game. Was, that was very unfortunate. It, it was unfortunate because I felt we controlled the game for for most most of the game, the first three quarters, and then the final quarter fell apart a little bit. Their, their tempo really bothered us, uh, I remember. But I just, I remember thinking, how did we lose this game? Because the game was ours. I know the girls were hungry because a win would mean a playoff spot, which is a place that the Lutes haven't been in in a while. Yeah. Um, and especially to do it for some of the seniors because we're the, the women's team is losing a good number of, of senior players. And so that along with, you know, some of the leadership that goes along with that, granted we do keep uh, a lot of good young players like Madison Salisbury and Emma Yanisek, but yeah, this I this is just one that you want to have back. I mean, it's that's what you want. You want to have two home games to close the season, and you control your own destiny. If you win one of them, you're gonna go to the playoffs. And unfortunately, came up just short, which is disappointing considering how the season started, but. I think the, the this girls team really put the NWC on notice because no one was expecting the Lutes to do anything. Yeah, absolutely I mean, not, especially considering in the last couple of years. 
I mean, the last couple of years winning just a handful of games. Like, you could count on one hand the number of games the women's team had won in the past two years. Yeah. But to have the the really strong showing that they did this year, it was uh, honestly pretty inspiring. I thought they, they played very, very well um, for large stretches of the season. And not to mention... Uh, they went on that trip to Puerto Rico and, and helped there in the community, which goes, you know, beyond basketball. So, I mean, this, this team does leave a legacy and it's one that I really hope will be built upon next year. Yeah. I think next year is going to be very interesting to see what the team looks like. Cause you touched on it briefly. There are a bunch of people graduating and I know also not everyone that's on the team right now is coming back. So I don't know exactly what the team's going to look like, but it's going to be very, very different next year. It is. It's going to be different, but but some of the cornerstone players will still be there. And I know it's not all about those players, but having that foundation uh, will really help, especially having you know someone like Emma Janicek there. She was the anchor for the team for large parts of the season. I remember there were some games where she would only get pulled out maybe once or twice for, you know, to be rested, Um, which is something I've noticed to to go back to the men's side too, because I think this is a problem that both of the teams have, is that they don't rotate players well. Yeah, the Um, substitutions just do not happen. They don't, and... I'm not. I'm not trying to compare us to Whitman, but Whitman. But if you look at somebody like or a team like Whitman, where they literally platoon swap, meaning they will sub out four or five players for each substitution, so that they can keep getting the fresh legs, and that really helps them in their fast-paced style of play, kind of chaotic um, style. And we don't have that similar style. I think that we play more of a. Um, I don't know, more of a balanced attack, I'd say. But it, I'd really like to see some more substitutions going on just to let these players get the rest they need because, you know, for the men's team, having someone like Kelton play literally the entire 40 minutes, that's just not sustainable for success. No, um, definitely not. So I really hope to see see that change next year, but but we will see. So, Nick, do you do you have any final words on women's basketball? Um, no. Did you want to no. talk about the men's Australian trip? Yeah. Though? Yes. There, I, just to circle back to men's one more time. Right now, I believe they're currently in Australia, um, kind of doing a little tour over there, and they have played two games against um, Australian clubs. I believe they are uh, colleges down there. And we've won both of them. And I just think it's really cool, again, kind of like the women's team with the Puerto Rico trip, to not only have that team building in Australia, um, but to get some good reps in, uh, for some good game action, and also to, to help the community down there. So I think that is really cool. I love that Lutes are going around the world and, and helping out and also honing their craft and I, it just it makes me proud to be a loot. I don't know if you had anything you wanted to add to that, Nick. But I was gonna say the grind never stops. They don't care that it's the off season. Technically, they're still out there putting in work, getting games in, 
getting practice in so they'll be better and ready for next season. Exactly, which is good. And I think I speak for the both of us when I say we are incredibly excited for next season for both the men's and the women's. Go Lutes. I'm just, I'm ready and excited for it. (laughs) Uh, So let's change gears. Let's talk about another winter sport. Let's talk about swimming. Uh, let's let's just briefly talk about both um, men's swimming. So the men took sixth in the NWC conference meet, and they finished with 323 points. Um, Whitworth ended up winning the contest uh, with a total of 665 and a half points, which shows just how far ahead. Whitworth was from the competition. Whitworth continues to be a thorn in our side for all athletics. And we'll talk about the NWC all sports, um, not meet, but rankings at the very end, because I think that's kind of important to touch on. Um, But so they finished sixth in men's swimming, and this could have been much closer than it was for the reason that there were two disqualifications in relays for the loots that is it's very unfortunate that's points off the off the table so i know that they are disappointed about that and they will be hungry and ready for next season um to make a push to the top and yes we will be getting our good friend Jeff Lazinski on the podcast at some point in the 2019-2020 athletic year. So so just look forward to that. I don't know if you had anything you wanted to add about men's swimming, Nick. Uh, nothing else. Nothing uh, else. One little sidebar, it's at the Aquatic Center, and that's where I learned to swim in Federal Way. So that's pretty dope. Wow, <laughs> look at that. A good legacy comment by Nick about learning how to swim. It's important. Um Let's quickly switch to women's swimming, where they finished fourth overall, which is a very good finish for them. I wanted to to quickly highlight um, one star loot, Casey Simpson. She went to the NCAA championships, and for I believe two hundred two hundred meter breaststroke, and her time of two minutes and 4.31 seconds ended up winning the NWC meet. So Casey Simpson is an NWC champion. So we just wanted to congratulate her on that from us at the Attaway podcast. So we love seeing these loots take their talents to these big NCAA championship meets and kind of prove their medal up on a larger stage. So we love to see that. Absolutely. Um, Yes. I know we're both excited for swimming for next season and to provide some more in-depth coverage on it in the coming year. We're going to have to go to some swim meets next season. Yes, we will. Coverage. Yes, the, the swim meets, in my opinion, the most underrated uh, event at PLU. They are very fun to go to. I love seeing the energy around everybody and we getting to see the Lutes do what they do best in the pool. And it's it's just really fun. One downside, it's very muggy in there, very humid. So yeah. <laughs> you gotta bring you gotta bring a towel 
to wipe off because it is just you're just dripping sweat. But so yeah, but but that's that's all I got for swimming. We are going to talk about the spring sports. So we're going to start with baseball. Baseball finished with a record of twenty four and eighteen. That record was good enough to bring them to the NWC tournament meet. But unfortunately, they had a heartbreaking loss to Whitworth. Uh, They scored four runs in the first inning, and then Whitworth clawed their way back in and ended up winning five to four. And then, and then the next game that in in the tournament was against Pacific, and the Lutes also lost to Pacific, thus ending their competitive season. Uh, Apart from a game at Cheney Stadium. you know, at the same stadium that the Tacoma Rainiers play, which is really cool. But just just something that I wanted to bring up, congratulations uh, on baseball. To baseball, they've had a really good run the past the past couple seasons. Um, something I just want to touch on, I don't, and I don't know the fairness of this. I'm from Spokane, so I love everything Spokane. Yeah, the NWC tournament was in Spokane, yeah. and we played... Whitworth, which is a school from Spokane, where is there need? I feel like there needs to be a balance for some home field advantage, because that is absolutely home field advantage for Whitworth. These games need to be played at neutral sites, in my opinion, so that we can get some fairness in there. I don't know how you feel about that, and I'm not sure if the tournament goes to different NWC cities for each year, but that just doesn't really sit right with me. I don't know how you feel about it. That's just my thoughts and feelings. Nate, I have no idea. You're putting me on the spot here. Um, I think, yeah, neutral locations for playoffs would be good. Yes, just just because that's the most fair, yeah. I feel. But anyways. Uh, also, since uh, the way it went went against us, I don't like it. Exactly. I don't like it. Whenever the Lutes lose, regardless we'll find a way to talk about it yeah i don't care about the circumstances yes nick i know you wanted to say something about (laughs) your luck with baseball and yes i do want to say that the attaway podcast was absent from loot baseball games but there was a valid reason and nick will explain all right yeah i have not been to a pau baseball or softball game because i am a terrible bad luck charm at baseball games. Every single time I've gone to a Mariners or a Nears game, we've just gotten absolutely thrashed. So it's definitely a good thing for this university that I am not there supporting our games. Because if I was, you're going like 0-42. So you should be happy I wasn't there. Yes. And I have to say, I'm the same way. Whenever I go to a Mariners game, they lose. I The same as Nick, whenever I go to cheer on a friend who plays baseball... I had one friend whose team was literally, they hadn't lost in three years, and I came to one game, and they ended up losing. <laughs> and so it is just bad luck. Next year, maybe we'll break the streak, maybe. and we'll go. It's, it's our senior year, so we got to send it. So Exactly, so we have to. But regardless of our superstitions, congratulations to the Lutes on a successful baseball campaign, uh, and I'm excited looking ahead to next year i i saw on the on the go page they welcomed in 
the new baseball freshmen, and it looks like they're a good group of guys, so I'm really excited for that. Uh, up next uh, for spring sports is rowing. So we're talk about going. Softball. Oh, talk about softball, Nick. Why don't Why don't you bring it up and talk about softball? Okay. Um, <laughs> we finished twenty two and seventeen overall, so we had a winning record, which is great. You love to see it. Our last game, we absolutely destroyed the sorry loggers. Finished it ten zero. We had ten hits and ten runs, so that's efficiency at its finest. That's that a lot is, to that's say. excellent. That's excellent. Congratulations to softball on an excellent season. Like we said before, even though we're bad luck charms, we love supporting Loot Athletics, and so maybe we'll come out next year. I'd say that we definitely will come out. We're going to have to go to a game that uh, we definitely think we should win. Exactly, so we can officially break the streak. Yeah. Maybe maybe we'll go if they're playing Lewis and Clark. Oh, yes, that's a great idea. I'm just saying. I'm... For those of Actually, you long time, on, sorry to interrupt you. Maybe UPS because no. they finished four and thirty three, which is embarrassing. Oh wow, that is embarrassing. That that's very embarrassing. Either UPS or Lewis and Clark. That's a surefire loot win, and I feel confident in saying that, as backed up by the NWC All Sports rankings. That yes, I ha- I have brought up once before, but I'm very excited to bring it up because we're justified in our disdain toward Lewis and Clark. Um, so. Congratulations to softball on a great season. Um, so now we'll talk about rowing, and we will start with men's rowing. We have a good friend of the show who whose name is Max Shaneline, who's Malcolm. on the men's rowing team, or Malcolm, as he, as he says. And we just wanted to congratulate them. Technically, uh, they're a club sport, which I'm not completely sure of the formalities and legalities of club versus you know plu organizational sport regardless we just wanted to congratulate them on a very strong season uh they they had a a bunch of new people coming in that ended up having a lot of success uh including uh cade who is a a former fife yes fellow fife alum go fife fife for life you gotta love it Yes, Nick Nick loves Fife, <laughs> as you can tell. But So we just wanted to congratulate the men's rowing team. Uh, I'd say the highlight of their season uh, was some really close races with our rival school, Puget Sound. Uh, at the start of the season, they really they, they kind of struggled and maybe were farther behind UPS than they should have, but towards the end of the season, there were some really competitive races, and... They did really, really well. And to cap off their season, they went to a rowing regatta called Wyra's, which is down in Sacramento, California. And they had a very successful campaign down there, and they ended up rowing well enough to make it to the petite finals, which is the step below the grand finals. But it's still a big deal that they made it because that's a goal that they had set earlier in the season. And just talking to Max and uh, George Priggy, who's another rower on on the squad, they have some lofty goals heading into next year uh, for Wyra's and maybe even beyond uh, because they've really helped lay the groundwork for a successful club team for this men's rowing squad. And I'm really excited to see how they compete moving forward. 
because if if this year is any any indication, it's that people are sleeping on loots for men's rowing, and they shouldn't be because we're actually really competitive, really good, and I just can't wait to see what the future holds for this team. So I don't know if you wanted to say anything. Oh, the competition better watch out because the loots are coming for you. Exactly, and just personally speaking, I went to a regatta, uh, one of the home races this year and if if any of you listeners haven't been there it's out on american lake which is a short drive from plu and honestly they're they're really fun um i would bring somebody with you that knows a little bit about the sport because i was totally lost apparently you only watch the ending i was literally out driving in my car trying to find where the race started when that doesn't matter (laughs) there is there is no place to watch the start of the race. You literally have to be in the water, apparently, <laughs> or in someone's house, which that's not okay. And so it's, it's a really fun event to go to. It's really unique. It's something, a sporting event, completely different from anything that I've been a part of. So I'd really recommend um, going to one next year. But segue into women's rowing, who is very successful at PLU and they have been for the last several years I believe they've yes, been the... a top a top eight finisher for the last I think four years definitely four maybe five I mean, um, the one that NWC four times I'm not sure in what time span but yes and, and I think it's it's all been within the past several years uh because the Lutes have pretty much mopped up NWC competition um they've been very very successful and the fact that they are i believe the only west coast team or maybe one of two but i think i'm pretty sure they're the only west coast team that made it to the nw ncaa regatta is a huge deal and they they did very well for themselves uh they finished seventh overall the the 2v ended up finish finishing sixth and the world's varsity or the, the team finished seventh very good uh i know that the coach uh andy he said that they they were battling some things and this maybe wasn't the result that they were hoping for but it's still a very strong nonetheless uh i know that it was over the the race itself was over in indianapolis and the first race day, they ended up fighting off multiple delays. So they were supposed to race about 8 Eastern time, 8 a.m. Eastern time. But the races ended up getting delayed then to 11 Eastern time. And then I think they didn't end up racing until 2, which is that throws off your preparation. If you've been an athlete at any level, you know how important that start time is because the start time dictates kind of the little things. When do you wake up? When do you eat? Um, when do you start you, warming up? When do you start warming up? Like, when do you go to the bathroom, as weird as that sounds? But all of that little stuff is dictated by the start time. And to have that challenge on top of going over to an eastern time zone where their clock is thrown off already compared to these Midwest and East Coast teams. So that's an automatic disadvantage. I think that we can be really proud of of our loots and how they fought through adversity to still place at a very competitive meet. So I'm proud of 
of this Lutz women's rowing team. I know that we're graduating a couple of rowers. I know uh, Hannah Peterson and Allie Riggle have been two absolute anchors for that 1v boat. And to see them go will be a definite challenge um, moving forward. But the culture of greatness and success for women's rowing is set in place. And so I'm sure that we'll be back at this NCAA meet next year and ready to improve upon the seventh place overall finish that we had this year. So I don't know if you wanted to add anything about women's rowing or even the city of Indianapolis, Nick, which Um, in my opinion is a very underrated American city. It's a great place, but anyways, do you have anything to add, Nick? Yeah, I have I have two takes. One, finishing seventh in nationals is incredibly impressive. Nice job. Um, mm-hmm. I have one question I'll save it for in a minute, but Indianapolis is a sorry team, or a, <laughs> is a sorry city. They're home of the Indianapolis Colts, one of the worst teams in the NFL, and have one of the worst quarterbacks in the NFL. Um, but my question was, do you know why those delays happened? Because I remember seeing on Kylie's Snapchat story, just like, multiple times about the delays and i had no idea what was going on yes uh, so kylie dickinson another friend of the attaway podcast and a longtime personal friend of mine from spokane um she told me that the weather or that the delays were for weather so oh, gotcha i not to keep going down this rabbit hole but just speaking personally because i have a lot of family in indiana the weather in Indiana is really, really weird. It can go from snow to literal tornado in the span of a couple weeks or days. It's really weird. And so I know they were having, I believe it was thunder and lightning storm delays. Um, so I think that that is the reason. It was definitely for weather, and I believe gotcha. it was it was for lightning um, as a safety hazard, uh, which happens in Indiana, unfortunately. Um I'm not even going to get to your point about the Indianapolis Colts. That is a, <laughs> that is a topic for another day. We and could go on about that for literal hours. We could go on about that for hours, but uh, we have to stay true. So, Nick, why why don't you tell me a little bit about how men's golf did this year? All right. This is a pretty successful season for men's golf. They finished fourth overall in conference. They're led by uh, Austin Darnell, who finished sixth overall. How, who did they finish behind? Did Whitworth beat them? Oh, yeah, sorry. They finished uh, behind Whitworth by just one stroke. So they just barely got us on that one. <laughs> Maybe next time we'll beat them. Coming for that Whitworth, third place spot. Watch out, Whitworth, Whitworth. Yes, Whitworth, watch out. We're coming for you in every single sport. In every single sport. For... For women's golf, they also had a pretty successful season. Uh, They ended up finishing fifth in conference. Um, The first day of their conference tournament, they ended at third uh, after the first day, but then they fell back to fifth. Um, They had had a good season overall, uh, led by Sammy Briney and Nicole Matiados, and we're looking forward to how they do next year. Nick, do you enjoy golf? As you know, our good friend Joey has got me playing this golf game called uh, the Golf Club 2019 featuring the PGA Tour, which was free on Xbox, and it's actually pretty good. So 
now uh, he said he's going to take me out to a driving range, and I'll have to be golfing for real. Now that that is on the record, Joey has to take you out. <laughs> yeah, you're range. right. <laughs> um, so, Joey, Dude, I hope you're listening. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, congratulations to men's and women's golf on successful seasons. Now, let's go over to tennis. Nick, what can you tell me about men's tennis? Uh, men's tennis was not quite as successful as golf was. They finished seventh in conference. They were led by Justin Dematos, though, the legendary physics tutor at PLU, who helped me pass that class. So, shout out to him. <laughs> this article said he was perfect in his final matches. Wow. That's amazing. Also, um, the loggers were 0-14. And that's what really counts. Yeah, so, once again, the superior school asserting its dominance over the sorry school in Tacoma. Yes, I agree. I agree. And congratulations to men's tennis for success in the classroom and on the court. Jordan, tell us about girls' tennis. So, for women's tennis, they they finished with a record of 2-14, and 14, and they were winless in conference. They picked up wins against uh, Bellevue College and Highline College. And it, it was just it, a tough season for them. They ended on a 13-match losing streak. They had some injuries. They were battling some things. It was just it was a tough season. Um, but we know that they're going to bounce back next year. And I just I want to mention something because I think this is cool and I think it's overlooked. The the women's tennis team at PLU was awarded with the Intercollegiate Tennis Association Service Award. So what that means is our uh, our uh, women's team racked up 110 hours of community service, and they not only performed on the tennis court, but they also performed in the community and made a positive impact on the community. So. Who, who is the real winner here? The women's team is because they, they gave back to the community and just showing that it's more than what you do on the court. Um, and, and also not to mention, they have a team GPA of 3.62, which is very That's impressive. impressive. That's very impressive. So congratulations to the women's team on the awards and and for toughing it out through a very difficult season um but i know that they will look to do better next year and we are excited to see how they do next year absolutely nick do you want to kick us off for track yeah okay so first of all track is one of my favorite sports because i did in high school i did pole vault and triple jump in case anyone was wondering um we had a very successful season i thought we had several people go to nationals including Kyle Rapaz, Imani Keys, Warren Wilson, Emily Reeder, Ava Nelson. So congratulations, yes. everyone that went to nationals. Yes, and and we had even more athletes go to conference. Too yes. many to list, and, and so we won't list them all. Um, but just congratulations to, the, to those athletes. It's a huge accomplishment to go to conference at any level, and it just shows how well um, the Lutes compete. And that that's all I got to say about that. Because 
we came out in force at the NWC uh, conference meet, and we were there, Nick, and we got to see some really, really good competition. Yeah, we were. That was great. I, I wanted to just have a quick shout-out to Carly Kilcup, who was at the conference meet. She's a friend of the show. Loyal she, listener, I'm sure. Yes, and she was doing pole vault, and her events, pole vault and jab, were at around the same time. So when she finished pole vault, she quick ran over to jab, and unfortunately, her flight had already gone or something, and they decided to not let her compete. So I just want to make a statement about track, because I've had this issue at some of the at some prior meets, even at high school and other meets at PLU. Um, why are they so rigid? Like, yes, I know we just talked about how start times are important, but isn't that the reason you have flights is so that there are different start times? Yeah. And so I, um... I, I don't understand why they couldn't have been more flexible with Carly's flight so that it could have been pushed to a, a later a later time or she could have been in a later starting time flight so that she would have been allowed to compete in both events that she both loves um and i know this is just one one quick anecdote about the situation but i it just doesn't make sense to me how rigid track can be in that yeah, sense i think this is a good so. point because it brings up a bigger issue because i remember having to do multiple events at the same time and i only did two and there's some people that do, like, the HEP, if you have to do a lot of right. events. Like, it's ridiculous. Just Even just trying to juggle two, you're just, like, constantly like, running back and forth between the two different events, trying to figure out, like, when to do what is super irritating. And so to be barred from doing one of the events, like, at all would be very frustrating to me. Absolutely. It's, it's just frustrating. But regardless, congratulations to all of the track athletes at PLU um, especially the ones that made it to conference and and the ones that Nick said that made it to the NCAA meet a special shout out to Ava Nelson who finished seventh in JAV as a freshman which is incredible and I'm very excited to see what her future holds as a loot athlete um, Amani Key is also performed well and finished 18th at the 200 and Kyle Rapaz finished 15th in the steeplechase which is a very fun event to watch I never ran in it uh, as a distance runner in high school but it is such a fun event to watch I love it um, as for Lauren Wilson and Emily Reeder their their placing their placings were not available on the PLU athletics website so I'm not sure how well they finished but i'm sure that they competed well and um yes i just wanted to say congrats to plu track nick do you have anything else you want to add are you going to break out of retirement and join this plu track squad next year um breaking news no i don't think so <laughs> um but you what, forgot the music nick what i will <laughs> do oh yeah put the sound effect i'll have there to edit go. that in um I think I might have to hop in the PLU Open, though, and uh, oh. go embarrass myself in the 100 or something, just get absolutely dusted, but it'll be fun. Wow. Maybe pole vault. I don't know if they'll let me. 
I was like borrow someone's pole, but Pat works there, and I know Pat, the pole vault coach, so uh, maybe he'll let me. So it's totally fine. I love that. You have to. You got to break, break out the the spikes again. And as Brady and his four by one team. Oh, showed, I forgot about that. They yeah, we can talk about that. So Brady and three other former PLU grads, who are all friends. Entered in the PLU Open, which is a, an event earlier in the season, and they just they wanted to race, see how well they could, and they ended up beating the current four by one PLU men's team. Uh-huh. Yeah, which is which is impressive. pretty impressive. Congrats, Brady! You're a washed up old man, but uh, you still won. <laughs> you managed to pull off the dub. Congrats! <laughs> yes, it's very impressive. Congratulations to Brady and that team. But yeah, wait, who, so, wait, hang on, hang on. Let me roll back. So it was Brady Marquis, wasn't Carson Ketter on it too? Yes, I believe so. Uh PLU legend playing for the CFL now. Or at least yes. he's on a CFL team. Yes. Um the BC Lions, I believe. So let's segue in. I'm sure that all the listeners literally on the edge of their seats hearing me talk about these NWC all sports rankings. Because I just think that it, it's pretty funny um, among, I don't know, I, I just think it's really funny because it's completely arbitrary. But regardless, there is something called the NWC All Sports Rankings where they give point values to, to different schools depending on how well they performed in each of the sports, men's and women's across the the calendar or the you know the athletic year so in yeah. this case 2018 and 2019 and so i just wanted to rally or rally off some of these some of these rankings so uh whitworth finished first they were a thorn in our side all year with 268 points uh george fox finished in second plu finished in third which is a very big deal in my opinion we will get back to to that later but with 210 points which is pretty good um puget sound and whitman were after after us linfield was sixth willamette was seventh pacific eighth and then rounding out the nwc standings as we have been predicting all year if literally if you go back to the first or second episode oh my lewis and clark finishing in ninth last place in the nwc I'm not going to kick them when they're down. I'm really not. All I'm going to say is we've predicted this. It's been a long time coming, and that's all I'm going to say about Lewis and Clark. God bless Lewis and Clark. Now let's get to the more important topic. Is PLU finishing third ahead of our rival Puget Sound? I think that is awesome, and it shows the growth that PLU has had in sports this year. And just, uh, just how capable we are as a university. I don't know if you just wanted to say something about that, Nick. Okay, I, I don't understand. Where do these points come from? Like you said, they're completely arbitrary. Like, how do they determine? That's how do they determine what points you get? Yes, the points seem one hundred percent arbitrary. Uh, all it says about points is that we secured eighteen points for winning outright in volleyball and rowing, in women's rowing and 17 points for sharing league titles. So, But if that's the barrier, like, 
it doesn't make any sense because how does Lewis and Clark have over a hundred points if they didn't win anything? I'm sure, I'm sure that it has to do with the like where each school ranked in each sport. <laughs> but it just seems really it seems weird to me. But yeah, and so as I as I said that I I pulled up a chart that shows the points that each school gets. But yeah. you need a PhD to understand this stuff. Like, <laughs> so as I understand, zero points if you're in last place. So yes, yeah. there are a couple Lewis and Clarks there. Unsurprisingly, um, eighteen points is the winner, and then it goes down by two or three. It's super arbitrary. Yeah, I, I see don't like understand. Eighteen, then sixteen, then thirteen, then yeah, nine, it, then four, or sorry, then six, then four, then zero. Yeah, yeah, and the, two, yeah. So there. this is, I like, apologize because it's in a podcast format, but there, there is an there's an NWC table that has all this information. If you're interested, you can go to the NWC website, but this is just, it's very weird. It's kind of arbitrary, but it really does show just how successful PLU has been this year. Uh, and it makes me really, really proud to, to be a loot because I see a bunch of good things from what this chart is showing me. Yeah. We finished in the top third in the conference. So let's go we lose. did, which is a huge deal, and I really hope that we can grow even further beyond that, especially as we go into football next year, basketball next year. Uh, that uh, so I'm just I'm really excited about it. Um, so just to to segue into next year, yes, the Attaway Podcast is going to be back and better than ever and we have an idea of what we want to do for next year and that is having a weekly discussion and kind of talk a lot about football and kind of give weekly recaps of each football game whether it be home away because I know that football is there's a good streaming platform for that so we can watch all the games yeah um while also touching on all the other sports but i know that nick and i are very invested in football yeah, but that doesn't sport. that doesn't take away from our uh passion for everything loot athletics our busiest men at plu title we will be covering all the sports um so just be on the lookout for that weekly podcast in the fall um, I think that we will probably do a predictions video or a predictions podcast before the season starts and try to try to maybe guess on how well and where we think the Lutes will place in some of these sports. Uh, we haven't talked about that much, but I think that that would be a really good idea moving forward. But, but yes, so we're going to have weekly entries to the Attaway podcast in in the fall and we are very excited about it it is Nick and I's senior year so we're going to go out on a bang bring high level content have more student interviews and I'm just really excited for the future for any listeners if you guys have comments about the show 
you can leave us a review because we're going to be on iTunes and you can leave star reviews and you can leave comments under there and we'd love to hear your feedback. Nick, do you have anything you want to say about that? Um, yeah, we're on iTunes. Um, I'm trying to move all our stuff to something off of SoundCloud because I don't want to have to pay $15 a month to use to just host this. Um, exactly. So try and work out something free, but then it'll still be on iTunes. And if you try to look at uh, this up on like literally any podcast app, it'll still come up. So it just won't be on SoundCloud. Yes. So be on the lookout. The Attaway Podcast is not going anywhere, but just look out for those fall episodes. And we just hope that all you listeners out there have an excellent summer a safe summer and are ready for another great year of loot athletics we're signing off and go loots go loots